up? It's the front porch. Today I have, well, James Beery as always, and then Marilla Ortiz. He's a screenwriter, a book writer, or I guess author is the more professional term. And then he does a bunch of other funny things too. He's a bit of a silly goose. And I'm so excited he's here! Okay. Hello. Okay, so what porch are we on? Well, so we are on a porch in Brazil, first of all, so get that Brazilian flavor up in here. And um, yeah, it's just in the big city of Sao Paulo, Brazil, and my small little porch, because it's the big city, so nothing fancy, but here we are. So you see the skyline, maybe maybe a few stars, but probably not. Oh. Yeah, because of the pollution, but a few stars, I guess. Maybe airplanes, maybe stars, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> I feel like it's probably a little bit like LA, like so much pollution and just 100%. so beautiful, but like gross when you look at it close up. Exactly. Like you enjoy it for the first like 10 seconds. You're like, oh, this city is so pretty at night. And then you're like, oh, wait, like I cannot see anything. <laughs> what does that smell? <laughs> Exactly. It's like New York. New York. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the the, the same feeling I had when I first arrived to New York. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in Sao Paulo, like in the big city. It's like the same thing. So how long have you been there now? Um, I have been here for about a little more longer than a year. Um, I came back to Sao Paulo, to Brazil um, in April of 2020. So I've been... Uh, my parents live in like you know a small town, uh, and I moved to the big city in November of last year. So I've been here for a little longer than a year. And I know that you're working with colleges. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? Sure. So I'm a so I'm an advisor for Education USA, which is this awesome organization. And I work. My office is uh, at a university here in Brazil. And basically, I help out students who are interested in studying in America, higher education. So if you want to do, you know, like your um, university, like your bachelor's degree, or if you want to do go to grad school or do a PhD, I just, you know, advise them through the process of application. Uh, I know, like, recommendation letters and personal essays, documentation, visas, and all that stuff. So it's really fun. I'm um, really enjoying it because I, I, I've done the process. <laughs> so I really understand it. It's a fun thing to, like, help out other students who want to do the same. So just a little context for everyone listening. Meryl and I went to the same college together. We had a screenwriting yes. class together. We had a few other classes together. We both placed, well, he placed. I just got something kind of like- You second. placed, right? It's you a placed. play, but you got third place. And so like, yeah. it's just a little, but anyway, enough of the discrepancies. We got to pitch um, our scripts in front of some seasoned writers in Las Vegas during yeah. a conference, our senior year of college. And so we've been on a little bit of a writing journey together. Um, Marilla came to New York when I moved to LA. And then by the time I was like, okay, I'm going to New York. He's like, I'm back in Brazil now. And I was like, damn it. Um, the timing. We just see each other one time uh, when I was in New York and it was, my favorite night ever. It was an amazing but it was like night. One time. Yeah, yeah, no, I wish that night lasted longer, and I wish I'd have been a little more sober for it, and that things have been a little. <laughs> I wish, yeah, I wish I hadn't been with the people I was with at that point. Um, well, just I don't remember those people. I just remember you and your beautiful face. Ah, I was so excited to see. You. I was like, it's Marillo, because after before that we hadn't seen each other since college. Exactly. Yeah, since graduation. And it feels like I, if I don't know about you, does it feel like you graduated yesterday? But yet yesterday was like. Maybe like a week ago. Oh yeah, it's like this weird feeling. Like I see people that I that were like freshmen now graduating. And I'm like, wait a minute, like what? <laughs> like I just graduated. How how dare you? I know, and I went back last year during quarantine, and I saw a few people from school, and it was like there were like three people left, and I was like, what? Like what is going on right now? <laughs> and a lot of people left obviously because of the pandemic, but it was still weird. It felt like a ghost town, and it. It was just really, I imagine. it was just really strange, but so what did, I know that you came out with a book recently and that you're working on another one. How was the publication process for your first one? Yeah, well, so the first one is, 
Uh, well, I call it a book, but it's like a short story. It's like it's, it's a little shorter, um, and it's an independent publication. So um, Amazon has this, um, you know, the Kindles where you can read like eBooks. Um, so they have this really awesome setup where you can, um, you know, do everything that they ask you to do, and basically you submit that your, you know, like document, and they, you know, send it to Amazon, and it's for sale. Uh, people can buy it and read it. So. I did the process. I, I I wrote the story first, right? So I wrote it down, and um, it's a little like young adult romance, cheesy thing, um, you know, very like Netflix movie type vibe, and it was really fun. And so I did that in a independent way, and it was just to put my name out there here in Brazil because you know I've been in America for five, six years and I was, you know, doing a lot of stuff with script writing. And then when I came back here, I was like, no, I love to write. Let me try something else. And I did got a minor in English, you know, and had a lot of like, you know, um, uh, classes for, you know, fictional writing and the not only script writing. So it was, it was an interesting process and I enjoyed it, but I, um, now I'm working on a book and I finished that writing that like a couple of months ago and now I'm revising it and that's really fun and also just well it's is not really exciting for our listeners um, but just today I found out I wrote another short story and it got picked for this collection of short stories that this like publisher uh, here in Brazil so I just found out that like an hour ago so I'm really excited congratulations <laughs> that's incredible thank you that's amazing I'm so happy oh my gosh okay i What's the, how long is the short story that got picked and like, what's it about? Well, so it's about 5,000 words. So it's not that long. Okay. Uh, my first short story was about 13,000 words. Um, but this one is really short. The book that I'm writing now is almost 50,000 just to like, you know, put things into perspective. So it's a short story. Uh, so the collection, um, it's the, the, the premise is uh, a camp that is happening during summer here in Brazil and there's gonna be an alien invasion. So we had to write like a short story about like, you know, like, oh, what would happen to those kids? Those like, you no, know, like, like, no, they're not that old. They're like, no, around 12, 13 year olds. And what would happen during this alien invasion? How they save each other, how they get abducted, like what would happen? So we had this premise to work with and I wrote like this 5,000 little short story about a kid who doesn't wanna do the musical at the camp uh, about Star Wars. Uh, and then an alien invasion started happening, and yeah, he sinks through through the aliens. <laughs> That's super sick! Oh my gosh. Okay, Thanks. you'll have to let. I mean, I guess not on the. You podcast. have to learn Portuguese. I'll translate it. Eventually. Oh, I didn't mean to. Like, I was about to say you'll have to let us know when it comes out, and then I was like, well, I can tell everyone on the podcast <laughs> when it comes out, and that they can just hit translate on Google Translate and read it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. Thanks. I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. So the book that you are now revising, the, yeah. the longer one, what was your process like with writing that? How did you balance work and just like a heavy workload with writing? That's a lot of words and a lot in like a short amount of time. Like you really did a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah, well, I started writing that book uh, basically when I came back to Brazil. It was, I believe, it was June, July of last year. So I've been writing, like, the process has been, like, about a year long. Um, and um, my writing process is kind of weird. I um, I do an outline. So, like, I outline the whole story, and I created the characters, and I wrote, like, a background uh, history of, like, the characters, like, you know, where they come from, the parents come from, and everything. And I knew what the story was going to be. So, and I like divided it in chapters and I was like, okay, and now I have to start writing. So then I, I had a really clear vision of what the first chapter would be. Uh, so I started writing that down. And after like, I was like about 3000 words in, I didn't really like the voice. I was talking in uh, first person and um, I, I think it was the present, uh, present tense. And I was like, I don't really feel like this is the vibe of the book. So then I, I changed it to third person and to past. I had to like do the whole like reworking thing and it flew a lot better. And then I started working and, you know, it was a full-time job and I was new. So then I kind of put the book, you know, like on pause for a little bit, but the ideas, you know, were just kept coming to my head of like, Oh, like this could happen with this character, like at this point of the book. Cause I had the story all played out in my head. 
Um, so then I just had to kind of uh, learn my job, first of all. <laughs> so learn like what I have to do, what was my responsibilities. Uh, and then after I, I, I figured that out, I, I just had to fit my writing uh, into like, my responsibilities. So, uh, you know, I had to, I would have sent an email and then I had like, you know, half an hour where I could just, you know, read the chapters or the, the paragraphs I wrote the last couple of days. And I was able to do that. And also because of the pandemic, I've been working from home, so I don't have to go to the office, which has allowed me to just, you know, have more free time. Like I don't have to start work and I am, I can, you know, like get out of bed, do my own thing and then just open my computer. So my boss knows that I'm online and then like, you know, write a little bit. And if I have to like meetings and stuff, I'll do that. So that, that's been helpful. But like once I, I got to a point of the story, it just, I couldn't stop. I like, I knew what, I, what was going to happen and I just wanted to tell the story. And I mean, you are a writer. So I think, you know, like when you get excited about an idea, you just, it comes out of you and you're just like, oh, let me just write this down. And it just came out of me and it, I'm really proud of it. Can you tell us the synopsis? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. Um, I wasn't sure if it was top secret or not, but I want to oh, know. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, It's like, I'm still like, you know, my, uh, my intention is to do like a, um, I have to self-publish this book, the same thing I did with the short story before. So, um, so it's just, I'm my own boss. So if I want to, I want to tell you the, the whole thing. I can't. I won't, but I can tell you the synopsis. <laughs> so it's actually, um, it's actually about New York. Um, first of all, so look at that. Um, well, you know how much I love New York. Like we both have this passion uh, for New York City, and we're gonna be together there one day. I, I know it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so one day I was at home, and um, I had a lot of ideas of what to write. Um. And like, what would this, what story I wanted to write, but, um, I didn't know which one I was going to pick, uh, to be like, Oh, like my first book, right? Like, Oh, my de- de- debut. So I was trying to think, and then this idea came, at, um, about like writing about a trip to New York city and it would be kind of like my love letter to New York because you know where I come from. I'm from a small town in Brazil. Like not a lot of people live in New York for a couple, for a few months. Um, so what I did <laughs> was very like, you know, amazing in some of my family's eyes. And I, I think it's amazing too. Um, so I wanted to write this love letter to New York city and I'm also a big fan of Broadway and musicals. So it kind of all, all like played out together. So the story is about, uh, Nicholas, who's a, um, a young adult who just turned 18 and he, uh, he's from Brazil and he doesn't have a lot of money, but he saved enough money to go to this trip with his English school. Cause here in Brazil, we have like, you no, know, we have our high school and then we have schools that this teach like a second language, like English. Uh, so he's in his um, English school. We're going to go on a five-day trip to New York City, and he's really excited because he's a fan of musicals. He's a fan of Broadway, and he's gonna—he really wants to see his first ever live Broadway show. Um, so he saved up all this money. He's super excited, and um, on the day of the trip at the airport, um, he finds out that his uh, arch enemy, his the guy who bullied him throughout two years of high school, who's supposed to be in college right now, uh, is on the trip with him. And he's just like, oh my God, this is going to be the worst. Um, and yeah, so they end up going on the trip together and he has to deal with his, you know, like, um, issues he has with this guy because he's just very like not a good person. And he's also trying to enjoy the whole thing. Um, and everything's happening in New York. So it's, yeah, it's basically about that. Does someone die at the end? Is there a murder? <laughs> Nobody dies, Grace. <laughs> I would love just a, a love scene where, like, not a love scene. Did I say love scene? I don't know. Um, Like, where you got the guy, like, on the scaffolding above the stage during a musical. I've seen Phantom way too many times. Um, oh, I love so, that show. Like, <laughs> wait, what's your favorite musical? Okay, well, that's a hard question. I have, so my, one of my favorite musicals is, there's like times of my life, right? So the first ever Broadway musical that I saw was on Netflix, and they had it on online, and it was uh, Shrek the Musical. (laughs) And I just loved, it's so good, it's so fantastic. Uh, So I love Shrek the Musical. And then when I went to my exchange in Hickory, North Carolina, um, exchange year, I saw, um, in the, it was a community theater, but I saw Spamalot. I don't know if you've ever seen Spamalot. 
Um, oh, you would agree. You would love that one. It's based on uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I've never actually seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh my gosh. You're also going to love the movie, but the musical is just pure perfection. It's so funny. Like I, you would love it. Like, I will you go would home love and it. watch it tonight. Like, I trust your recommendation. Do it. I will. Do it. And then text me. So, Similot is definitely, like, above um, Shrek the musical. But then I have the, the musicals that I just love to hear. Like, you know, Dear Evan Hansen, I'm a big fan of. I do more, like, popular shows. Um, Moulin Rouge. I saw that twice when I was in New York. Um, that was fun. And then Jack Little Pill also is up there because I saw that in previews and I didn't know anything about it. So, when I saw it, I was just like, whoa, blown away. Um, so yeah, those are my favorite musicals. I cannot pick one. Um, I remember us talking about Jagged Little Pill a while back. Like, I mean, this was I guess a year and a half ago at this point. But you were like, I totally didn't expect this to be like one of my favorite musicals. But it's blown me out of the park. Like, it's incredible. And I listened to it. It's really good. I haven't revisited it since, but I'll have to check it out. Jagged Little Pill. James was curious. James also loves Spam a lot, by the way. Spam a lot, and nice. also Dear Evan Hansen, which they're making the movie. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I have this, I have this really weird obsession with Ben Platt. I love that guy. He's amazing. He's amazing. I so when I was in New York, my friend, my coworker would like make fun of me because I would just not talk Ben Platt, but I would just do a lot of Ben Platt things. So like. He did his, like, Radio City Music Hall concert, and I was there. You can see me at a Netflix special, like, my little head in one of the songs. Um, so I was there. And then he did this talk, and this all the, this place, and I got a ticket for it, so I went to see him there. And then, like, there was, like, this other uh, place that he was at and that I just, like, went. Um, I never met him, like, face-to-face, but I was, like, you know, I went to a lot of his, like, you know, events. And my I, I would walk to New York City just looking for my plan. I just feel like I just went out. I just want to find him. Like, where is he? But that, that, that didn't happen. I mean, it's never too late. Whenever you get back to New York at some point, I feel like, I mean, it's more likely for you to run into him in LA, I think, because I think that's where he lives. I don't know. Yeah. At the time, at the time he, I, I know he was in New York because of like the concerts and stuff, um, but he lives in LA. His family's from LA. You know, like, I have his address, you know, imagine. I can probably find his address for you if you want me to. Grace, um, yes. Okay, just give me like a week tops, but I can probably get it within the next few days. Okay, great. And then we're going to plan a whole trip um, for me to go there. That's your sequel. That's the sequel of your current book. Okay, fun fact, the character is obsessed with Ben Platt because I was like, I have have to write about Ben Platt. And then he's obsessed (laughs) with Ben Platt. And, okay, this is a spoiler from the book, but whatever, I'm going to tell you. So, like, on all, a lot of Ben Platt's interviews, he talks about how his dream role on Broadway would be um, Sunday in the Park with George. He would play George, um, which is, like, this really awesome, you know, musical about the paint. Um, and on my world that I created, uh, Nicholas really wanted to go see Ben Platt and uh, Sunday in the Park. Uh, it's a, what? What's the name of the show? Uh, Sunday in the Park with George, uh, but he's not able to because the the group decided to go see Mean Girls instead. Um, <gasps> no. Yeah, but you know, and the and the in the book, Ben Platt is there playing his like you no know, dream character. It's really fun. That is so sweet. Well, you gotta you have to send a copy of the book to Ben Platt. That's where we'll get the address. We'll get. I'm the gonna ad- translate it and do a, like a whole like paperback or like you know hardback copy and send it to him be like and here you go the, my love you could also Joy. like put like a picture of you like a like a spicy picture oh, of yeah. you in between one of the pages oh. so that way when he gets to that part of the book he's like oh marillo oh my well, gosh he, he is in a very loving relationship uh and i do love the couple a lot uh, i'm a little jealous but i do love them together um who's he with well uh, what's his name i knew it um he played evan hansen right after him which is funny and he he's an actor he's in the good doctor now and he did the good o'neills um oh what's his name i forgot but he's great they're great together they're so pretty I haven't seen a post about him on Instagram, and I follow Ben Platt on Instagram, so 
I must have missed it. It must not be in my algorithm. Yeah, well, Instagram has like this weird algorithm. But if you if you listen to his new music, Imagine, it's all about like how he loves the man he's with. I did Noah something. Noah Galvin. Maybe Noah something. Noah Galvin. Noah Galvin. Yes, that's oh. him. Wait, okay. Did you listen to him? What did you think of his newest song? I loved it. Okay, I it was so good. It was good. Okay, listen. It was no. How it, I will get out of this podcast right now. It was good. I just felt like his last album put his. Okay, songwriting wise, it was objectively well written and well produced. That I cannot argue with. Um, and he sounded great. In terms of personal preference, I like his ballads more, but I didn't dislike okay. the song. I was just like, oh, I. I should adjust my expectations. That's that's kind of where my uh was coming from, but it's not a bad song. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, well, he has, like, on his first album, which is a masterpiece, um, he has a lot of, like, really awesome ballads, and I feel like if you compare it to those, Imagine is not, like, as great, but I feel like it's a new era, so it's like he's trying something new, but I'm really excited for the new album, so I think he's going to have some, like, really awesome songs. Like, I cry listening to his first album. Oh, same. Same. It's so good. It's so good. Wait. Okay, when is his next album dropping? Do you know? He hasn't said it yet, um, but I think it's this year because he's been doing a lot of publicity for his the song. And um, I mean, with the movie coming out in September, I think the David Hansen movie, I, I'm, I'm thinking that he wants to drop the album like around that time. So he's like, you know, like bam, plat all over. That's a good idea. Have you seen the politician? Oh yeah. Okay, I assumed you had. What did you think of the second season? I thought they fucking crushed it. What did you think? Okay, well, <laughs> I liked it, um, but it was very different from what I was expecting. It. Um, I, it's like Ryan Murphy. I think he's a genius. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think he's a genius. Uh, first of all, um, and I feel like with the first season. It was too like too much high school, and they had this idea to to like you know do like a politics show, but they had to do like this orange story first. And then on second season, uh, when I thought they were gonna just like nail the whole like you know like oh politics stuff, I just thought it was a little um, I don't know. I just thought it was a little weird, and like the focus was not on Ben Platt that much, and I thought it was weird because he was the main character. But I was I still loved it. I thought it was so interesting. Like. Uh, the, the characters were just hilarious and the, the situations were just like the, the episode where they had like the voters and like the mom and the daughter, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That was a masterpiece. That was so good. No, the, I loved the voter episodes in each season. They were so, I feel like those were the, both of the, some of the most well-written episodes in the show itself. Like all of it was very well-written, but those two episodes specifically, I was like, oh wow, they really nailed sure. it. That, is like wow 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 i just watched the show yeah. hacks have you seen hacks on hbo no i haven't i feel like you'd like it did you like broad city yeah okay I it's did. the same producers okay and do you follow the comedian meg stalter on instagram oh that is really familiar i share I her like twice a week that's you, probably why it's familiar to me. <laughs> she's in the show. She plays a minor character, but she's so funny. She kills it in the show, and the show isn't about her, but it's a good show, and she happens... I think you would like the show. That's all I'm saying is I'll watch Spam a lot. You can watch Hacks. We can Perfect. record another episode of the podcast to give our full review. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. Have you been watching any shows lately for inspiration, or what? what's your... Yeah, well Retain. My ghost. Well, so I've been um I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, but the the show that I'm watching for for a period of my time here in Brazil, watching anything with New York City like that was set at set in New York City was very triggering for me, and I couldn't. I was like, ah, I missed that place. Uh, but now I'm like after I wrote the book and I was able to like you know like put my feelings down on like my writing. Um, now I'm able to. So I started watching this show on Netflix um, called The Bow Type which is it's such a cheesy rom-com, like, you know, like women empowerment type of show. And I loved it. I thought it was, it, it's so good. Um, there's like four seasons on Netflix and then the fifth season is coming out. Like, I think like right now, uh, but I also start watching Shameless. Have you ever seen Shameless, Grace? I have seen Shameless. 
I am obsessed with that show. I think I watched like three seasons in like a week. It was so good. When I was living in Boone last year with a friend during the summer, she would watch it every night and sometimes I'd watch it with her. It's really addicting as a show, just all the chaos. Yeah. It And it yeah. can fill the void when you feel like you need to be creating chaos, but you can't because you're like, I'm an adult now. I shouldn't be creating chaos. <laughs> it really... My life is already chaos, yeah. 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 Or like if you're just like, oh, I love watching more chaos than what my life is. Because... <laughs> yeah. Well, what I really like about that show is how like the care like none of the characters are perfect. They all have flaws, and they just really work those flaws on the show. Um, but they're still like together at the end of the day because they're a family. And like I, you know me, I'm a very optimistic person. I'm very happy. Like the short story that I wrote is just so like lovey dovey. Like yay, we're all happy, we're all perfect. Uh, and I hate that about myself sometimes because I'm like, well, that's not that's not real. That's not realistic. So I think watching Shameless has helped me with that of like. You know, a character can be lovable. We can we can root for them, and they can still have flaws. Like it's fine. Like that that's what makes like them interesting. So that's been good. That's interesting. You say that, and I feel like more. Do you feel like more shows and more books are actually leaning into that? Because I feel like growing up, we got fed a lot of like Disney esque content where people were either good or bad, or a lot of yeah. superhero content where people were either good or bad, and now things at least from what I've seen, feel like we're getting more nuanced characters. Do you feel that people are moving toward that? Or maybe I just missed those things well, going no, up. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would agree. Um, I, I feel like um, I'm definitely a Disney child, you know, a Disney Same. person. Same. So like, like until now, like I watch a lot of Disney shows um, and rewatch them. Um, so I definitely, you know, I think the idea that I was talking about, like, you know, this perfect main character, like with no flaws, comes from like a lot of Disney movies and TV shows. Um, so, uh, but I think um, I, I agree with you is like, you know, like I think things have been changing a lot, but I think it also comes like with like our young age, like we're not looking for those like no flaw people. Like we don't want that. So then as we grow older and grow more critical of like, you know, the world and the situations and politics and things, we look for the, those things and those like arguments and see like, Oh, like let me read this book about like some other person's perspective on this issue. Um, so then we start looking for those characters. Um, so yeah. And there's like a lot of really awesome books that I've been reading that are, um, you know, that have flawed characters and they're just, um, it's just so fun and it's still like interesting to read. And there are also books that are, you know, lovey dovey and Disney channel. What's your favorite book that you've been reading right now? Well, so one of my favorite books that I've read like in the last year or so is the Red, White, and Royal Blue. I have it right here. The podcast cannot see, but I'm showing in the video. Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey. Yes. Um, Casey McQuiston. McQuiston. I don't know their um, the pronunciation, but it's so good. It's about the um, <laughs> the son of the um, of a U.S. president of a woman president. So he's like in this fictional like no world where you know like after obama this woman won the presidency so the first son um falls in love with his kind of enemy which is a prince from the uk from like a, like a place in the uk yeah so it's like this you know like lgbtq plus uh, ya novel uh about romance and politics and international disasters um, it's really fun. It's a really fun book. <laughs> Have you seen Veep? Oh, I no. Okay. Uh, I think I've seen like two episodes, but like no. I, I liked it, and like I want to watch it. I just haven't sat down and watched it. No, I mean, I, it just kind of reminded me of what you're describing, but the book and Veep still sound very different, but kind of in a similar like political, funny crazy disaster things happening all around you and you're like whoa yeah it's fun um and i'm trying to think of like other books i've read a lot of like ebooks i've been reading a lot of like short stories from like my friends um from here in brazil uh, which has been really fun you know i've been meeting a lot of people that also write like me and you uh, and being created really awesome connections and reading their stories that are so fantastic there's some like really amazing stories. Um, and I do have a friend who ha he's, he's published in America, which is really cool. 
Uh, his name is Victor Martins. He has a book called uh, Here the Whole Time. And it's such a beautiful story. Um, and yeah, you should check it out. No, I will. Um, so how have you been able to meet all these writers? Did you form like a little bit of a writing group? Did you just bump into them and you're like, oh, we all write. This is crazy. Yeah, well, we everybody's online because, you know, pandemic um, here in Brazil was still... <laughs> No vaccines for everyone. Yay! Um, it sucks down here. Well, we're not talking about that. Um, happy things. So the the like the writing community here in Brazil, there's like people everywhere. Uh, and I was like on Twitter, uh, you know, and when I was writing my first short story and talking about publishing it, like people will start like you know like following me and like asking about it, about the story. And then after I published, like more people you know read it and came talk to me and we started creating this group. And then another friend of mine, now a friend of mine who um, is about to publish a book this year, which is really exciting with like this big publisher. Uh, he invited me for this like WhatsApp group. It was like, hey, like let's uh, have this, I'm creating this like group chat with like other like independent authors, like do you wanna you know, join? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So then like I, we joined a group and we talk like every other day basically and ask questions about, you know, like writing tips and, and publishing advice and stuff like that. And we start creating connection. Like the the short story that I wrote for this, you know, collection. Um, a, a friend of mine that I made through that group was my better reader. So like I finished writing it, and I sent it to him, and he um, he um, read the story and gave me like you know like his comments, like oh like maybe this could be a little bit better, or like oh you could change this, but you know I liked it, or I disliked it. So um, I created really awesome friends um, through there, and we all cannot wait for a time that we can all meet up. You know, so you can hug each other and read their book in person. Wow. <laughs> that's so touching. No, that's so sweet. Y'all talk every other day. That's awesome. Yeah, we always, like, you know, sending stuff. And there's always, like, um, somebody sending, like, you know, like a Twitter link about, like, what they tweet about, like, you know, a, a book there is coming out, like, or a short story they're publishing so we can retweet and, you know, help with, you know, uh, the advertisement and it's a very it's a very awesome community because um, uh, somebody was talking about this how like you know there's so many writers out there and it feels like the competition but like no it's not a competition those are your peers like you should you know look them up and they're also going to do that with you like um, at the end of the day we just want people to read awesome stories and we're all doing that we're all publishing awesome stories so we shouldn't feel like the competition between us is just one helping each other out so it's pretty cool would you say that you've found a stronger sense of community in Brazil? Or would you say that, because you were in New York and like our app state community was amazing. Yes. So I feel like it's hard, not like to compare, but would you say that the community you found in Brazil is stronger than maybe the one you found in New York? Or just different? Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah I think, that's a good question. I think it's just different because when I was in New York, I wasn't really writing a lot. Um, cause I know I had like, you know, a shorter amount of time, um, there and my focus was not on the writing. So I didn't really, you know, look for anything. Um, but for example, like my coworkers, the job that I was doing, like one of them, uh, that you met, Ray. Um, so like, Ray was just like, dude, like you, right? Like me too. Like, let's talk about it. So as soon as he found out that I, you know, like enjoy writing, he just, you know, like invited me to like talk to him about stuff and, you know, read some of his works, which was really awesome. And then uh, another friend of mine, Danson, like she's a big uh, book reader. So like we created a book club, just like me and her. Um, and we're just reading books and talking about it, which was really fun. Um, so I, I found like, you know, those like small, like people to help out on my daily life, like at work and stuff like that. Uh, but I was not looking for like, you know, like, Oh, let me look for people to help like with this writing community. Um, so here in Brazil, when I was doing that, I, I was definitely looking for our community because I was like, I can do this. I cannot, I cannot do this by myself. So let me um, look for those people. So it was, um, it, it's different, but at the same time, um, here in Brazil, the, independent market I think is bigger than the U.S. Uh, because in the U.S. book publishing is something that works and here in Brazil is not valued a lot. So it's just like a different market. So here in America, people can, you know, publish books very easily and 
be successful very easily. That's, I don't mean that it's easy to be successful writing books. Like definitely like it's hard work. Uh, but you have so much resources and there's like, you know, like books is so, so it's very valued in America and it's not as much valued in Brazil. Like right now with the pandemic, so many bookstores are closing, like big bookstores There are chains around Brazil. They're closing and like publishers are, they, they don't have money to publish books anymore and they don't want to gamble on a, um, a local author they want to do like a book that is a New York Times bestseller. So they want to translate that one because they know it's going to be a success here in Brazil. So they're not going to gamble on like a Brazilian author. Um, they exist. Don't think that they don't exist. But it's just like a, like a tougher market because here in Brazil, reading and books are just not very valued, which is really sad. That is really heartbreaking. But it yeah. also gives you an opportunity to break out and do your own thing. A lot of times people here get judged for self-publishing because they're like, oh, you're just yeah. not good enough to get published. When in reality, that's not the case for a lot of people. Like, I feel like you can include yourself in that because, yeah, maybe someone in Brazil wouldn't take a chance on a local artist, but that's their own problem and their own fault and their own I don't want to say poor investments because I know what they're doing is to make money, but it's also just like shitty that they're not investing in their own people that are writing about the experiences you're experiencing in Brazil. Like that's kind of insane that they wouldn't invest in that and that they're just bringing in stories from other countries. Yeah. And there's, and there's so many amazing uh, self-published like, you know, material out there. Um, not only in Brazil, but in America too. Like I, I've been watching a lot of TikTok lately. So there, you know, there's a thing called like book talk and like they, they recommend so many like books and some of them are like, you know, from publishers and stuff, but like some of them, you know, I advertise small books that are self-published on Amazon and stuff. And there's some amazing ones. And here in Brazil, at least like self-publishing is a way for you to also make a name for yourself and maybe get noticed by a big publisher and like a big editor who's going to be like, Oh, I really like your story. Like, do you have anything else that you can show me? Or like, let me buy the rights for this story and publish that on my publisher. So that has been happening a lot. Uh, A friend of mine that invited me for that group that I told you about, like he published on, you know, Amazon uh, and was a success. And a big publisher was like, Oh wait, like I want that on my catalog and bought the rights and now he took it off from Amazon and is, you know, publishing as a physical copy soon, which is really exciting. And also you have to understand that like with self publishing, you're not going through like those those businesses people that are gonna try to cut down your story for what they wanna sell. You're gonna write what you want. Of course you, you wanna have, you know, you wanna be cautious with, you know, like what you're writing about, you want other people to read it to make sure that you're doing a good job. Um, but you're not going to have all those like big corporations cutting down your stories to, to make fit their catalog. You're, you're just going to write what you want to write and then tell the story you want to tell, which I think is really awesome. I think I, I just want to interject because it's in, uh, literally the literary industry is the only industry in which publishing, self-publishing, producing your own content is really looked down upon movies, music, television, it's literally every other thing. It's like, oh, they did it on a shoestring budget by themselves and publish it themselves. YouTube is full of nothing but creators who've done it by themselves just using the platform of YouTube. The literary industry is the only one where it has this pretentiousness attached to it, where it's like, if you don't get published by HarperCollins, then who are you? You know what I mean? When in reality, yeah. on Amazon, there's millions of books written by small authors, including friends of mine and Grace King herself and myself, who, you know, don't get recognized, uh, any kind of, uh, like, any validation because the New York Times will write about an indie movie, but they don't write about, they don't write about self-published books. No, not at you all. Know. Like, if you want to make it as a self-published author, you have to advertise for yourself all the time. It becomes a full-time job. Like, there's an artist... Uh, poet I started following a long time ago. It was on another Instagram account, so I don't follow him anymore. Um, not because he wasn't talented. I just forgot his name. Uh, but he started as a self-publisher on Amazon. I think he's out of California. And he just marketed the shit out of his material and ended up being able to make a full-time living from it. But he had to treat it like a full-time job 
And unless you're fortunate enough to have a job where you can do that and have that kind of balance, you're not going to be able to do that. People have marketing teams to put like rep books. And that's, that's why having a publisher, I feel like takes some stress off of you, but it's not worth it when they're pressing you to change your story because we want it to sell like this or you know, we just didn't think this would make the cut and it's only because of sales. That's just bullshit. But have you noticed that the independent artists, and I'm pretty sure you both and everybody listening knows this, the independent writer that really gets the most uh, play is poetry. It's poetry writers. And it's because they go to events and they build an audience and they sell their book to the people in front of them and their friends tell each other, you know... How to how to like do it? Oh, I knocked over the video. Nice. I'm not yeah. To, I'm not used to this camera. Sorry about that. You're back. You know, <laughs> when it when it comes down to it, like it's really about the grassroots really connecting with your audience. You know, you don't need to sell 500 million books. You know, you don't need to sell one million. You just need to sell 100,000 to people who really care about you and the things you do. And what you're doing exactly. seems like really awesome and it really seems like it's going to connect with some people and that's all that really matters that's you know that's the validation that matters plus you get a little money too yeah have you been able to feel like develop a bit of a niche fan base in brazil i mean i know that might not be what you're after necessarily but have you found that it's kind of forming by accident because you're doing what you love for sure yeah um i mean you you said it so well like you know, when you reach out to those, like the goal is not to like, Oh, like I want to sign this, like, you know, million dollar contract. Um, no, I want to tell the story. And uh, if I reach people that want to read the same story that I'm telling, perfect. This is great. Um, so I have found some people that, you know, um, like, you know, do some really nice comments about my writing and my story and they start following me for, you know, for more and they're asking for more. And it's, it's really nice to, you know, see the impact someone. I, um, I remember, so like my short story, the first one that I published, uh, the main character is mute. Um, I studied a lot about that when I was, you know, in college and stuff. So he lost his voice with like this, um, you know, like cancer he had, um, my head, I had these like, crazy ideas. So like he is learning sign language. Right. Um, and I had, uh, uh this girl who posted, uh, a video after she read my story and she basically did a whole like review in sign language about the story. And I was just like blown away. I was just like, I, I don't even know sign language. I just wrote about it because I think it's so cool. And the fact that you, you know, like you, you know, sign language, you're learning and you appreciate the story and you enjoy the story. It means so much to me. And, it was so nice. So it's really awesome when you, you know, like you, you touch those people uh, with, you know, your stuff. It, it doesn't have to be like, you no know, inspirational as well. Like it can be funny and it may, when you make them laugh. I mean, Grace, you know this, like when, you know, when you make people laugh, it's just like the best feeling ever. It's just like. It's true. It is a bit uh, of a high. Do you miss doing improv? Oh my God. I miss this so much. I miss this so much. Marilla ruled uh, the college uh, improv team, everyone. He would, he carried the team on his back. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, they were funny. They were funny. Tyler, I, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> I also think that you're really good. I'm sorry. No, Tyler's hilarious. I honestly think everyone in the improv group in college was so freaking funny. I just, you know, I was a huge fan of you, yours, Marilla. Um, but no everyone was super hilarious and the shows were always superb um have you thought about getting back into doing improv in brazil when things open back up slowly yes 100 percent um i am like so the things are not open up still um i think by the end of the year they will which i hope i'm hopeful for um and i'm you know like i'm i'm hoping to go back to the stage somehow um, and I think with improv, that's going to be the way, cause I just love improv so much and it's such a fun time. And so I really want to go back. Um, and I hope, I hope to find a place. It's just the, the thing right now is that I don't know anybody here. I uh, know in that scene, so I have to, you know, start my grounding like I did with like the writing community and try to start my connections. Uh, but also things like if I want to do like some classes and stuff like that, it just costs the money, which is something I did, I currently do not have. Um, you know, I'm working full time, but like all my money goes to like 
like the like rent and like my bills and stuff. And I have my student loan space <laughs> uh, killing me slowly, but um, hopefully I'll figure something out and I'm able to go back to the stage. Oh, you will. You live on a stage. So oh, it's yeah. really more Life about, I feel like I asked this to everyone, but Marilla, what's your sign? What's my sign? Yes. I'm so... a Capricorn. <gasps> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> because I kind of felt like your birthday was in that season, but I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, January. Um, so I have, so I don't understand signs that much. I'm sorry. Like my, my roommate here in Brazil, like he's obsessed with those things and he tells me, oh, that's because you're Capricorn. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, I don't wrong. understand it. Just explain to me. I just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't fix in my head. But, um, so I'm a Capricorn. My, uh, I have my sun, moon, and rising Capricorn as well. What? So I'm like, a triple yeah, Capricorn? Yeah, full on Capricorn. Um, so my friends do like my, you know, math, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? They're like, you're really Capricorn, and I'm like, okay, I'll take it. I don't know all the Capricorn traits. I've never had a problem with the Capricorn. They're all pretty great. All the ones I've met, I think they're usually more math minded, not necessarily, but from what I've read and heard through the grapevine, that Capricorns are typically just more rooted in having stability and then also yeah. uh not only having stability but just what's the They're very like work minded people yeah, just like oh we have yeah. to work make money. That's that's what I've heard and what I know, but at the same time that I I get that with me, like yeah, like I have to work. I also am like well if I have to choose between um you know, saving money so I can pay my bills or doing a trip to the beach with my friends, I'll choose the trip. Like, I wouldn't think twice about it. Like, I'll figure out how to pay the bills later. No, I, I understand that. I feel that. Um, that's, hmm, interesting. But, I mean, yeah. astrology is just words. And, yeah. So what can you really do with it? I mean, I guess a lot, hopefully, because we write, so... Words are important, but astrology is just interesting. I find it interesting because I think it's quirky and fun, but you can't take it all verbatim, I guess. You gotta take it with a <laughs> grain of salt. And who doesn't own a salt shaker? Well, this this fell off, but it's okay because <laughs> it's just, I don't I. I want to talk more about like signs no, and Capricorns. And I went so down I a road that you had it. no way to follow me on for no reason. I was like, I want to say something about Capricorns that don't know anything about it or other signs. What? What's your sign, Grace? Let me know. Oh, I'm a Leo, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> Leo. Am I right, people? Oh. <laughs> um, Rillo. Thank you so much for doing this and thank you for following me down the road, even though you didn't know where it was going. And anytime for when, you anything. When when can we expect this book to be coming out? And what are your socials so people can follow you and then download the book? I mean, you have to learn Portuguese if you want to <laughs> read it, but even though I haven't learned Portuguese yet, I will say yeah. <laughs> It is worth it. He's a talented writer. I do know that much. Um, yeah. So when are you? When are you thinking of publishing? Yeah. So this book, I'm I'm thinking is going to come out at the end of the year, around October, November, maybe. Um, so still this year, uh, this collection of short story. Also, um, you know, at the second semester of this year, which I'm really excited about. Um, my next writing project. It is in English. So I am. So I want to, you know me, I want to go back to America. So I'm trying to find my way back uh, some hey, somehow, some way, somehow. Um, so my next project is in uh, English. I have, I'm working on the outline right now. I am pretty excited about it. Um, I will, um, not on the podcast because this one, it is, you know, more secretive, but I will tell you about it later on private, Grace. Oh, for I'm you. so excited. I am <laughs> so excited. I think it'll be fun. Uh, but my socials are Murillo Ortiz, M U R I L O A R T S E, everywhere. Um, you know, 
branding. Um, so you can find me anywhere. And yeah, I'll, I'll every time that I write on my Instagram, it's, uh, my caption is in Portuguese and English. So you can follow me and still, you know, be learning Portuguese bit by bit, <laughs> post by post. Yeah, no, I mean, I have, I've been translating your tweets with Google Translate, and I'm like, okay, so does that word mean that? And I'm like, I got to get a book or something. I see, I see you liking my tweets and stuff, and I'm always like, oh, my gosh. Is she, is she, like, grabbing, like, translator and stuff? Because on Twitter, I just don't care about, like, grammar or, like, no spelling or anything. So I'm sure it's just, like, you get, like, all, like, slings and stuff. I always, so I always go to your tweets and translate them because I'm like, what's Marilla up to? I'm so curious. What's he thinking right now? And I'm like, yes, I agree with this. And I'm like, I don't know how accurate the translation was, but I'm like, I am with you. I am with you 100%. Even if I'm not sure what it is, I'm there. And so that's that's why I'm like. Grace, you know the feeling is mutual. You know that I'm going to go with you to the end of the world. I appreciate gonna, that. I appreciate I cannot, that. I told you this so many times. Like, I have this vision of us in New York City yes. together writing. Uh, doing all this stuff and it's just going to be great. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm manifesting for the next five years. I'd say two, but I think with COVID, everyone's like at least three years behind um, with yeah. a lot of maybe uh, career things. I feel like I'm three <laughs> years behind now. I can't speak for everyone, but I will. Um, so <laughs> since we're all three years <laughs> behind now, I'm manifesting five years from now, minimum. Minimum can happen before Marilla Ortiz will be in New York. You heard it here at first. He will be in New York. We will be working on a project together, shot and well, shot and filmed are the same. Shot and written in New York City, or written yes. online virtually from different countries, and then shot in New York. I love that. Fully funded, and if Tina Fey is involved, um, <laughs> I mean, hey. I, who? That's crazy. With Tina Fey, where's she come from? And then we bring her in on the podcast. She's been here the whole time. She's like, I'd love to help two kids with a dream. She's (laughs) sitting right there. She's not allowed to talk. I'd love to help two kids without representation with a dream. Um, maybe (laughs) I don't. I feel like I feel like she's got a good heart. I don't know, but I feel like she 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 gives that vibe of like you know like I would help you if you asked. (laughs) But don't like ask. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. If you ask, I'll help. But don't ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't ask. I mean, you can ask my assistant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I will leave you now. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone, follow Marillo. Learn Portuguese. I'll learn it with you. If you want to learn it together, DM me on Instagram so we can read the books. But then we can be on the lookout for the special secret project, which I will keep a secret. Thank you. Thank you for being here, everybody. And for Marillo, James, all of us, we're here. Okay. There, I was waiting for the claps. (laughs)